Welcome back to another episode of Higurashi. Weariness and a headache. Not a very nice way to start the day. What's wrong, Keiji? You don't look so well. When did you go to sleep? It seemed that my mom had noticed my cell on state. Yesterday, I kept on waking up in the middle of the night. Without a doubt, I felt a presence. I felt the presence of someone standing in front of my door. I told myself repeatedly that it was my imagination and forced myself to try to sleep. Except not being able to stand it, I gathered up the courage and opened the door. Of course, there wasn't anyone there. I think I did this three times throughout the night. Or maybe I just didn't remember doing it any more than that. Even though I was about to get to the breakfast table without incident, I still didn't feel at ease. It might be a cold. I don't really have an appetite. My, you do seem a little warm. Well, can you make it to school? Technically, I did go to a school, but it was mostly self-study. It wouldn't matter if much if I missed a day, would it? It could have been that I hadn't been feeling well for the last few days because I really did have a cold. If I took some medicine and got a good day of rest, I might be able to greet everyone with a smile tomorrow. Ding dong. Startled. I looked back and forth between the entrance and the clock. It was ten minutes later than when I usually met up with Raina. It was Raina. Raina Chan came to get you. What are you going to do? Are you going to take the day off? Raina was a good girl. She might be somewhat quirky, but she was certainly cute. The lunches she made was were delirious. Was <laughs> were delicious and she always looked out for me why should i be so scared of something like that it wasn't reina's fault it was probably mine it had to be mine had to be it had to have been my cold it just had to be i'll rest sorry then i'll go send her off for you mom headed off to the dorm I would have to pass by the entrance to get back to my room. I didn't have the nerve to meet with Raina, so I wrapped myself in a blanket on the sofa and closed my eyes. I was so sleep-deprived, I quickly fell into a deep slumber. I had only intended to lie down for a bit, but it was almost noon when I woke up. I called out to my parents, but they didn't seem to be around. On the table, I found lunch prepared and a note. Mom and Dad had apparently driven off to somewhere far away. It likely had to do with Dad's work. This happened every so often, so it wasn't that unusual. They would probably be back sometime after dinner. On the note, it said, The insurance card is in the cabinet. Take it and go to the hospital. There was a well-drawn map to the hospital. That's right. I hadn't been there before, so I didn't know exactly where it was. I had a light lunch, although it really was just leftovers from the morning, and just in case, went to the hospital. Normally, I'd never be here in the middle of a weekday, just walking around like this had me feeling guilty. It was an odd feeling. Following my mom's map, I took a road I usually never used. After walking for a bit, the hospital sign came into view. Eerie Clinic was written rather stylishly on the sign. The clinic wasn't very big, but based on the scale of the rest of Hinamizawa, it was far too grand. There was a parking lot and even a reserved spot for buses. They must be making a mint. 
I spaced out in the air-conditioned waiting room until it was my turn to be seen. My bar, son, please make your way to the examination room. After properly answering all of the chatty doctor's questions, he responded with an odd, it's probably a cold. They gave me a shot and three days worth of medicine. I thought it was a little overboard, but if it would clear away the gloomy feeling I'd been having lately, then it was worth it. I settled the bill and took a quick trip to the washroom. As I was leaving, I overheard a conversation from some elderly people who seemed to be regulars at the clinic. Of course, I had no intention of eavesdropping if it just wasn't for that word. Must have been an onikakushi. I wonder. She was still pretty young. Might have just eloped. With whom? That man from Tokyo who visits every season? That young one with the big camera? Didn't you know they were getting along pretty well? Were they talking about Tomotaki-san? I could feel my ears perking up. I don't know about that, but you have to make preparations before you elope, leave a note, or quit their job or something. It's an elopement because they didn't leave a note or message. The thought that I'll never see that young nurse's face again makes me rather sad. Takano-san is an upstanding young woman. She'll be fine wherever she goes. So her name was Takano-san? That woman was, that woman was Tomotaki-san. And she worked at this clinic? Oyashiro-sama's shadow was following me everywhere I went. I started listening more closely, but they began talking about fishing, and it didn't seem they were going to revisit the topic. I gave up and left. Thus, even though I was separated from the daily monotony of school, I wasn't able to escape from Oyashiro-sama's shadow. But of course, Oyashiro-sama was the guardian deity of this place, of Hinamizawa. As long as I was in Hinamizawa, I wouldn't be able to escape. Maybe it was because I was walking around outside, but my appetite had suddenly returned. I might as well buy a snack with the change from the examination fee on my way home. Contemplating that, I turned onto a familiar street. At that moment, I heard a car horn abruptly honk behind me. Was I really walking so far in the middle of the road where I'd be in the car's way? I moved farther off to the side, but the horn was still honking at me. I turned around and peeved. My bar is on. Good day to you. It was Oishi-san. He stepped out of the, his car, AC on full bat blast, and waved to me. What's up today? School on break? Just not feeling well, so I took the day off. I was about to buy lunch and head back home. That's great. I'm about to get lunch myself. Would you mind going together? Uh, if you're not feeling up to it, then don't mind me. I was just going to lie down after going back home anyway, and I didn't really have a cold. I doubt you'd want to eat at one of these local places. Let's go into town. It's a bit of a drive, is that alright? I know a pretty good place. I finally begun to understand Oishi-san's roundabout way of saying things. He probably wanted to talk to me about stuff that would be difficult to discuss while in Hinamizawa. I went with Oishi-san riding in his frigid, frigid car. It was almost as if the bright sunlight outside was a lie.
I'm sorry about calling you so late last night. Did your parents get angry at you? No. I recalled Raina, who had been listening to the phone conversation all that time, separated from me by just the door. Even now, in the brightness of the sunlight, the thought still creeped me out. With a big bump that jolted the car, the road connecting to the city changed from dirt to pavement. Whoops. This is where Tomotaki-san died. They've hit a snag on the investigation regarding Tomotaki-san. Oishi-san smoked while peering at me from the corner of his eye. They believed it was caused by hallucinogens, given how he was clawing out his own throat. But a drug that could cause that to happen so suddenly is extremely hard to come by. Bear in mind, of course, the autopsy was done with that premise, premise in mind. But we didn't find any leads. Um, you know that thing you see in comics all the time, where there's a drug that if you put it in them, it doesn't leave any traces? It exists. Sukian Lynchol, or something or other. Well, it's pretty common, but you see, there doesn't seem to be any kind of drug that would cause Tomotaki-san to react like that. And when you're saying the police concluded Tomotaki-san just died from the curse? I couldn't help but feel the police were worthless. I just wanted the idea of a curse to be disassociated from Tomotaki-san's mysterious death. Unfortunately, that's how it looks right now. But putting aside the cause of death without a doubt, he was surrounded by a group of people and had taken a meeting before he died. That was no curse, but an incident that unquestionably involved other humans. That made me feel a bit relieved. We passed in front of the rather desolate but still busier than Hinamizawa train station. The car pulled on onto the, a restaurant parking lot and I followed Oishi-san into the shop. It was pretty crowded, but there were only adults at this hour. Of course, there wouldn't be children in here in the middle of a weekday. Two please, non-smoking. This way, please. When you are ready to order, please call me over. We were led by a peculiarly dressed waitress to our table. I sat with Oishi-san in the booth. So what do you think? Aren't the waitress's outfits here cute? Huh? Well, um, I guess. The shop is always quite busy. It's more about the waitresses than food, you see. Uh-huh. Oishi-san, you're leering. Hmm? Am I really? Mahahaha. <laughs> Regardless of how the waitress looked, the food was decent enough. Finishing our meals while talking about some inane topic, Oishi-san's after-meal cup of coffee arrived at the table. Yesterday, we talked about Hinomizawa's past, didn't we? Yeah. That it was the village of man-eating demons or something like that. I didn't know much about it myself, so I asked my grandmother about it this morning. Oishi-san took out a notepad that was stuffed into his breast pocket. Turns out that Hinomizawa used to be called... Onigafuji, or Ogre's Abyss. Onigafuji. That's quite the name. The name is still around. The marsh where the Shinto's priest's wife drowned herself is still called Ogre's Abyss. It's said that the depths of that marsh connected to the realm of demons. Of course, nobody had told me anything about such an ominous marsh. And you see, it appears they were both feared and revered. A respect born of fear. I guess you could say it was a kind of 
defecation. A village of inhuman creatures. Assumes the demons were Sinan, or mountain-dwelling mystics of sorts. Taking villagers was incurable illnesses into the yoga's abyss and healing them, for example. Even if we were calling them demons, Tengu long-noses, goblins, or Sinan would be a more apt description. They don't seem like such terrible people, even though they were called demons. But they were still man-eating demons, according to the story my grandmother told me. As payment for treating the son's illness, they let us eat the mother who brought him here, was apparently how things went. The price of carrying her son was herself. That's unsettling. Of course, the mother took her son and ran. Then you see, all the people who lived in Onifuchi, Onigafuchi, the demons chased them down, rounded them up, and captured them. The entire village, apparently. That's quite a frightening thing to imagine. In the end, it seems both mother and son were caught and eaten. The end. There's a problem with this story. Both witnesses in the story were eaten, so nobody would be able to tell the tale. Huh? ha! <laughs> there are plenty of old fables like this. In contrast to the ghastly tale, Oishi-san laughed heartily while sipping his coffee. But well, there are quite a few other tales where the demons from Onigafuchi band together to capture their prey. I recalled that Mion said all villagers united and fought against the damn construction. I saw similarities with how that part about the unification overlapped. Normally, they hunted down a single person, and they chose who it was going to be beforehand. Huh? That caught my attention. Oishi-san also appeared to be pondering what it meant. My grandmother told me that you must never interfere with the demon's hunt. You should just hole up in your house and hide under the covers, she said. So, what does this all mean? It means you mustn't help or protect the prey. As long as you don't disturb the demon's hunt, no harm will fall upon the villagers. It seems there's that kind of role. Basically, don't help the victims. Pretend you didn't see the atrocities, in other words. What happens if they break the rule? Well, they're man-eating demons, after all. Many parts of that tale caught my attention. Parts of that story he told me overlapped with this theory that the perpetrators were all the village families. Even if it wasn't the whole village, it was conceivable that the village were hiding under the covers and leaving them to die. Then there's a group that was on their hunt, wasn't it? I didn't dare speak it. Then Oishi-san. I guess it looks like it's either the village families or a group of villagers perpetrating the crimes. What do you think, my Barasan? Ah, oh, excuse me. Another cup of coffee, please. That's what I wanted to know. It seemed that we were both waiting for the other to say that last part. I waited for the waitress to finish pouring coffee before speaking. Last year, I had a nagging feeling when Satoshi-kun disappeared. Oishi-san muttered as he watched the milk swirl around in his coffee. So those friends of Satoshi-san, meaning your group of friends, my son I had a bit... Really, just a little bit, okay? Of background checking done on them. If Oishi-san said, had said this to me before, I would have been furious, since he told me earlier not to suspect my friends. But as I was now, I couldn't. This might sound pretty stupid, my Bara-san. If you feel that it's stupid, please say so. I'll just stop. Oishi-san was wearing the most serious expression that I'd ever seen from him. It was as if he was telling me to prepare myself and listen. There were quite a few things I regretted hearing from Oishi-san. 
but none of them were as threatening as this. A little voice inside me was screaming like an alarm. Stop, Katie. This was probably the last one. I took a deep breath and silenced that voice. I would not run from the truth. Please. That was all I could utter. Waishu's son stared into my eyes silently for a few moments. After he was certain I was ready, he began. The victim of the incident in the first year was the overseer. A few weeks prior, he had an altercation with Mion Sonozaki. Multiple altercations. Oishi-san had said before that Mion had defied the dam project vehemently. Well, it wasn't hard to imagine how she'd be if she got worked up. In the second year, the married couple who supported the project died in that accident, right? They had a daughter. Her name is Satoko Hojo-san. Huh? Satoko meaning Satoko? Oishi-san's look told me that my voice was too loud. I realized it well and quickly quieted down. The Shinto priest and his wife who died in the third year, you see, their daughter is Rika Fudesan. Rika-chan was? The housewife who died in the fourth year, you know already, don't you? It was the step-aunt of Satoko Hojo-san. She was in her aunt and uncle's custody as she had lost both her parents in the accident. She lived in the victim's house. I could tell my lips were getting dry. I didn't even have the woods to keep my mouth from hanging in gate. I thought it was nothing but a bizarre incident, one that I could easily distance myself from. But clicking and clacking, it had snuck all the way to my feet. The one who disappeared the fourth year, by the way, he was Satakusan's older brother. What? Jess, ah, wait a second. It took everything I had to finally say that. I gulped down a glass of water and once again wiped my face with a napkin. Calm down, Kichi Maibara. But Oishi-san was relentless. Instead of waiting for me to finish sorting out my feelings, he started speaking again. The last of the things I shouldn't have heard. All of the victims seem to be connected to your group of friends. That has to just be a coincidence. My Barasan, keep it down. Everyone's looking. Mion, Satako, Rika-chan. So what if they're connected? You're telling me all my friends? It couldn't be. It just couldn't be. Oh, Reina's different, isn't she? Reina isn't connected with the victims at all. Reina Ryuku was living in a suburb in Ib- Ibaraki Prefecture up until last year. Well, it's true she hadn't directly met any of the victims. He said in a roundabout way. Is he saying she's also connected? Actually, I looked into her before Ryuku-san moved away to Hinamizawa. She was suspended from school. It seems she went through her school building and broke all of the windows. Reina did that? She broke all the windows at her school? That same silly Reina had? I couldn't even imagine it. It seems that after her three-day suspension, she didn't return to school. She went to a neurologist and was diagnosed with dystonomia. She was given weeks of counseling and medication. I wonder if it was something like a nervous breakdown. I'd heard that it happens to people who are really methodical or overly sensitive. Neither of those match Raina's easygoing personality. And in the counselor's medical report, he recorded all the conversations he had with Raina-san. It shows up. And quite a bit of that. What did? I pressed forward carelessly. There couldn't be anything more for me to regret. 
she mentioned the word Oyashiro-sama. I felt like someone's stone-cold hands were caressing my back. Why? Why had Reina spoken of Oyashiro-sama before she even came to Hinomizawa? Seems that the Oyashiro-sama she spoke of was like a ghost appearing in her house every night, standing over her pillow looking down at her. My mind froze. I couldn't process what I was being told. A while after that, she moved to Hinomizawa. Ah, that's right. She's not an outsider. Huh? According to our residency register, the Ryuku family used to reside in Hinomizawa. Reina-san moved to Ibaraki right after she finished elementary school. My mind went completely blank. It was similar to the static you'd see on a blank TV channel. My ears began ringing. I lost all sense of comprehension. My son, are you alright? Shall we stop? Those words brought me back. I couldn't let it end here. Now, I understand Reina. Then, how about the last victim, Tomotaki-san? Who was he connected with? Irritated, I let out one final reprisal. All of them. Have you forgotten, my son? Don't you spend all spend the night of the festival together quite merrily? Quite a few of the officers saw you enjoying yourselves. Now there was nothing I could respond with. I fell silent as my brain turned to mush. We should get going. Ah, oh, my son. Did you take your afternoon medicine? I had completely forgotten about the medicine I had gotten today until Oishi-san said that. I had another. I got another glass of water, and we left the shop after I chugged it down. We got in the car and returned to Hinomizawa via the rough road. I never really paid attention when I was on my bike, but did cars normally shake this much? It was almost as if the road was desperately trying to tell me something. But um, that big jolt was from a difference in elevation of the road when it changed from cement to dirt. It was a certain. I was certain that I heard Tomotaki's son scream. I sat in silence, just letting myself be shaken by the car. I'll drop you off at your house. You missed school because you were ill, correct? My apologies for the long conversation. Why did you talk to me? I blurted out the question. Really just blurted it out. I didn't expect an answer. I did check with you first, didn't I? If we should just stop. Not that. Why did you reach out to me? I understood quite well that Oishi-san was investigating the string of suspicious incidents, but why was he telling me all this? I knew nothing and I couldn't help. Everything Oishi-san spoke of, spoke of was news to me. First of all, what could I, having just moved here, know? By chance, if there was a reason for Oishi-san to reach out to me, then it would have to be that I looked suspicious to Oishi-san as I was part of Neon's circle of friends. I'm retiring this year. I plan on moving away after retiring as my grandma wants, so while I'm still on the case, I want to bring the truth behind this incident to light. So, Oishi-san, you suspect them, don't you? All of them? Oishi-san didn't really give a response. It felt a little late, but I thought it was his way of showing a bit of consideration for my feelings. This is mostly my intuition from 30 years on the job. My Bara-san, you're the one in danger. Huh? I wanted to reply with, that was absurd, but in my downtrodden state, I couldn't bring myself to say it. I'll be retiring this year, so I won't be at the Watanagashi next year, so I want to settle things. 
In other words, he was insinuating that on the next Watanagashi, I might be the victim. I'd been warned by the chief as well. Each incident in the string of cases has been solved, so don't bring it up again. Or so I was told. This is the pressure that I'm facing. Pressure from what? Someone in Hinamizawa. We've arrived. Is this fine? After some time, the car finally reached the path to my house. The clock read 2 p.m. I was surprised to see so little time had passed since we ate. It was hot outside the car. The chirping of the higurashi hurt my ears. I won't mind if you just forget everything I told you today, but I'm just going to keep investigating. I'll end Oyashiro-sama's curse this year. So you're saying I should contact you if anything happens? It's fine. Just contact me when you feel like you have to, my Barasan. I wasn't collected enough to understand Oishi-san's roundabout way of saying it. Be sure to take it easy. I'm sorry for throwing all of this at you while you're taking the day off because you're sick. I didn't really give any sort of response. I'll always be on your side. Even if anything, believe that. I'll be off now. The trees crunched over the dirt road as the car made a U-turn and disappeared into a cloud of the kicked-up dust. It felt like I was watching a boat only throw me at a lifesaver in a shark-infested waters before disappearing into the distance. This was the first time I thought Oishi-san was being unfair, telling me I was going to be the next victim, then just saying to contact him if something happened. This wasn't a criminal investigation. He was fishing, and I was just a bait dangling on the line. Would the fish be the perpetrator, or was I really just Oyashiro-sama's curse? Either way, the bait would be swallowed whole. Damn it, I don't want to die. For some time, I could do nothing but stare at the puddle of water left behind by the AC from the car. Okay, guys. And with that, we're going to end this episode here. I hope to see you in the next one. Have a good day. Bye.